0: Have you ever wanted to connect with someone, but you stopped yourself? Excuses to connect is a podcast about actively creating the conditions that make meaningful connections easier. In other words, you can make excuses to connect. Join me, Richard Lee Tai, as I have conversations with experts, friends and strangers on their struggles and successes when it comes to human connections. As a listener, I hope that you can take these insights and find excuses to connect with more people. After all, You never know how any connection can transform your life. Welcome to episode 25 of the Excuses to Connect podcast. A few months ago, I started working with Eric Chow, the chief consultant with Mashman Ventures, to help me out with my personal brand. What is personal branding, you might ask? In this episode, I'm joined by Isaac Mashman, who's the creator of Mashman Ventures, and he covers what personal branding is and also other helpful topics like how to go from being an acquaintance with someone to being like a family member. He is the author of Personal Branding, A Manifesto on Fame and Influence, and I chat about different quotes and insights from his book. Without further ado, this is Personal Branding as a Tool for Connection with Isaac Mashman. Well, hello, Isaac. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Richard, thank you for inviting me on. Honor to be here.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to take an unconventional approach with how I normally start my podcast interviews and ask if you could give the audience your elevator pitch.
1: Ooh, okay. I like that. I like that. So I think that to preface that before I actually go Mm -hmm. into what it is, like what my personal elevator pitch is. And uh, I know that you're kind of smiling and laughing. It's because I don't like knowing the questions ahead of time. And so you're actually hitting hitting me with the heat as soon as we get started. I love that. An elevator pitch is basically how would you sum up what you have going on in 30 seconds to a minute, whenever you're meeting somebody for the very first time, let's say you're doing, you're in an elevator, right? Like you're in an elevator Mm -hmm. going up to the top of a building and you have somebody in there next to you. And so if I was to come up to you, I'd be like Richard, or I I would normally approach you and say, Hey, what's going on? Like, what's, what's your name? And then you'd respond with Richard and be like, Richard, that's great. And then I would actually proceed to go and talk to you about what you have going on Mm. and spark that interest. Because Mm -hmm. whenever you have that conversation, you don't want to just start off and be like, Oh, I'm your local real estate agent. Like you, are you selling your home? Like you have no rapport, you have no connection, no connectivity. And this is perfect for being, you know, excuses to connect because that connection is not about you. It's about them, what you can do for them. Mm. And so whenever I would go and and spark that conversation, I ask about you and be like, no way, that's awesome. I also have a podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. And be like, I have a podcast called Chase the Vision. I've been doing that for a couple of years and using that to grow my business, you know, my public relations for Mashman Ventures. And so I don't have one specific elevator pitch Mm -hmm. because you pivot based off of the person and that level of rapport. If you're a business owner, like a fellow business owner, I'd be like, that's awesome. Like, how long have you been doing your business for? Oh, 2019. That's awesome. I launched my company in 2020, actually. What do you do? do?" Mm -hmm. And then I would play back and forth off of that. And that's really the most difficult part of making any initial relationship. It's and starting and, and making it about that other person and not about yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. No, I, I love that answer where it's not this canned response that you're giving to them. It's really tailored and natural flow mm-hmm. to the conversation when you're meeting them. Well, I guess I'll give listeners a bit of insight to who you are and how, how I know you. So... As you mentioned, you run a company called Mashman Ventures, which is a PR company helping people with building an unrivaled personal brand. So for listeners that don't have a clear understanding of what personal branding is, how would you describe it to them?
1: Your personal brand is you. It's who you are. What about you makes you unique? Not only professionally, but also personally. That's uh, one of the biggest misconceptions today is people build out their personal brand and they think that they have to create it out of thin air and and you Mm -hmm. don't create your personal brand. You've already, you've already had your personal brand from the moment you were born, your parents gave you your name. They determined where you grew up, the religion you were raised in the, the political viewpoints you have all of these different things. And your personal brand is ultimately what people think of whenever they think of your name and have conversations about you whenever you're not in the room and your personal brand at its simplest form is your reputation, right? And Mm -hmm. your reputation transcends you.
0: Mm Mm-hmm Because part of how I interpret personal branding, too, from this lens of connection is, like, it's connecting with yourself. It involves getting to know who you are Mm -hmm. and also developing, like, the confidence to be authentic to the world. So I'm curious, like, for someone who might be struggling with, like, who they are or, like, their self-confidence, like, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. what you might say to them.
1: I I think you touched on authenticity, and I think that's a word that people throw around without quite knowing what it means. Mm. And I think by focusing on your authenticity, you actually lose your authentic self because now you're wondering if what you're doing is actually authentic to you. And then now you're going to be kind of creating this conversation, this dichotic conversation in your head of like, is this me or is this not really me? And I think that if you have kind of like that level of confusion, I would say just straight up be yourself. And then from there, understand what you want other people to look at you as, what you want other people to think of whenever they think Richard Lee Tai or whenever they think Mm -hmm. Isaac Mashman or Eric Chow, right? And so asking yourself that and kind of directing that conversation, it's it's a very simple and elementary form of of public relations of, you know, what is my relationship with the general public? What are other people thinking of me? And I think Mm -hmm. having that awareness of what that conversation is about you is how you can leverage it to your benefit.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So I also love to focus on this aspect of the relationship between your personal brand and connecting with others so in your book uh, titled personal branding a manifesto on fame and influence you write that when you're branding yourself as this person you must be aware that people are following you for you not just for your specialization Mm -hmm. or career choice if you're looking for longevity you must connect with those who know you on an emotional basis so i'm curious how, how do you connect with people on an emotional basis then
1: That really boils down to letting people in to know you emotionally. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people online, especially today, it's like we are able to make it a highlight reel. We are able to, you know, only focus on one specific thing. And I see a lot of these branding experts online today only talking about branding, only talking about their business, only talking about their career and having these flashy posts where it's like Mm -hmm. you go to their profile. It might look great. It it looks aesthetically pleasing with all the right colors. And you can tell Mm -hmm. they know branding, but they don't know personal branding because they don't show their personality. They don't show Mm. it at all, right? And that boils down to showing your personality to a potential audience member, right? And and whenever you establish that relationship, again, going back to the elevator pitch, you're Mm. not just talking about your business, you're talking about you. And it's funny because one of the things that you can connect with somebody on, and this was mentioned in Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, if I'm not mistaken, was you you find these equal levels of interest, rapport, Mm. connectivity, such as are you from Jacksonville, Florida? And if I met you and you're you're mm-hmm. like, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, I'd be like, no way, I'm from Jacksonville too. And mm-hmm. then from there I would be able to connect and have that one layer of rapport that builds up off of one another. And right. social media can be this great tool to use when you're talking about things of interest. So today I made a post mm-hmm. on, on my story of coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And people who know me know I drink coffee and it's, it's actually an ongoing joke sometimes whenever I enter right. a call because eight times out of 10, I have a cup of coffee next to me. Now this one, I don't, <laughs> because I've already had so much caffeine today. I'm like overload. Yeah. But what I will say is I made a post about a coffee maker, right? And the mm-hmm. coffee was coming through and I'm like, this is great, and um, that right there allows me to connect with somebody else who also drinks coffee. Super mm-hmm. simple, but it makes the world of difference. Mm-hmm. So
0: I'm curious to get your thoughts too on this concept of vulnerability, because you had mentioned with social media can just be someone just showing all their highlight reels, so everything that's going on well in their life. But as you know, as we know, like life isn't always so like sunshine and rainbows. So I'm curious as well, like. Where's the aspect of the appropriateness of like being vulnerable when it comes to how you brand yourself on social media?
1: Well, I think showing some of the struggles and, and having that conversation about, Hey, like this month for business has been like rough. It's like, it's Mm -hmm. not been horrible. It's not my worst month ever, but it's like, here's some of the challenges. And, And maybe mentioning that in a podcast is fine, but there's also a line between vulnerability and, and talking about a struggle. And then Mm -hmm. complaining about a struggle and complaining Mm -hmm. about something and i think that Mm -hmm. that's something where a lot of people get this mixed up they're like oh i'm going to be vulnerable and they come off like they're just complaining about everything they're complaining about the results they're complaining about where they're not at and it's like you can't come off as that person who's complaining but rather that person who says yeah like hey this is a struggle i'm human i'm like you but then there's this fine balance with building out your personal brand because there has to be this level of your special. And, and I'm I'm saying that in a sense, talking to about the halo effect, which I also talk about in my book and, you know, shameless plug. But uh, the halo effect is this cognitive bias about you based off of one personality trait or one trait about you. So celebrities mm-hmm. have this amount of fame and we automatically assume things. And a great example would be a, a verification check. We assume that because somebody is verified, they have money. Right. And mm. that's not always the case. So there are a mm-hmm. lot of people who are verified that are in debt. They have negative net worths, right? And um, that right there is like an example of that cognitive bias where, you know, you have to be careful because you don't want to come across as like, I'm greater than you and I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. But you have to have this level of mystery behind you and about you. And, and there's really this fine navigating thin ice that you have to walk on.
0: Mm hmm. Cool. And one of the other threads that I wanted to circle back to was you You brought up rapport, building rapport, because mm-hmm. one thing you bring up in your book is like having these points of ke- connectivity, whether it's coffee or, or another yeah. interest. And you talk about how when you meet someone for the first time, they move from being a friend to an acquaintance, which can then turn into a friend, a best friend, and even like to someone you would consider family. So I'm curious, how do you progress to those deeper levels with these people that, how do you progress from just an acquaintance to something deeper?
1: A lot of times I think it happens naturally. But mm-hmm. it also comes with making an an intentional effort to build up that relationship. And this that's one of the biggest difficulties with relationships. It, you can make that connection initially. I mean, it might be uncomfortable introducing yourself to somebody for the first time. It's like making friends when you went to a new school or you entered right. middle school or high school is awkward as heck. But afterwards, you had those friends throughout your middle school and high school years. And a lot of times, if you were to look back at those rela- relationships that were successful, they progressed. Naturally, as you learned more about that person. And mm-hmm. I think understanding that, like, hey, I want them to know about me, but I also want to know about them. You know, mm-hmm. ask questions, be engaged in a conversation, be active listening. And that can be difficult, especially with social media, with all these different distractions. We can, you know, get so caught up in our phone and checking notifications, we don't realize that we have another person that we could talk to face to face. And that right there is a massive issue I see.
0: Mm hmm. I'm wondering if you have a story or example to showcase, like meeting someone as a stranger to now having a deep relationship with them nowadays.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can think about, you know, in California, whenever I was in Bakersfield, California, I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. And there is a period where I took like a one-way flight. I was, I actually had a round trip flight booked. I I was flown out to LA Mm -hmm. and I didn't fly back. And there is one, and this actually isn't, isn't a particular example about me, but about a friend that I actually made a connection for. I went over to his house and he's an artist out out in Bakersfield called Noble. And at the time he was underneath a different pseudonym, a different artist name. And he was dropping me back off at the house where I was staying. And he put on this guy named Ness Julius in the car. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, this guy's good. And I was like, you you know him personally? He's like, no, but he's, you know, local to Bakersfield. He's one of the most talented guys here. I'm like, you ever meet him? He's like, no. He's like, what, what do you mean? Like you're from the city and you've never met this guy that you're talking about him and you're playing his music in the car yeah, yeah. and then I'm like, that makes no sense. So I found the guy on Instagram later that night, a week later, I invited him over to the house where I was staying and I established that relationship, did a podcast with him, took a, fi- a photo with him right. and then I introduced him to Noble. And fast forward a year and a half to two years later, like it's actually going on like two and a half, you know, he's been managed by Noble Mm -hmm. and his record label for over a year. Mm -hmm. And I made that simple connection from, you know, somebody making, actually, it was like a third, third, like degree connection. And I just took the action step to reach out, establish the relationship. And then make that introduction. And I think that's an essential part of building a business or building your personal brand. It's like being willing to go out of your comfort zone and meet somebody new, go, you know, be willing Mm -hmm. to go out and actually introduce other people to your network. I mean, we're a perfect example of that, right? Like you started working with Mashman Ventures and, you know, through Eric Chow, who's the chief consultant of the firm. And then from there, now you are connected to my network and here we are doing this podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's by jam. (laughs) This is what I love about connections. It's it's, uh, just meeting one person can spawn all these other unexpected opportunities. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how did you, if you remember how you like phrase that message to, to Noble? So I guess the question I'm trying to get at is for some listeners, they might be hearing you like, okay, go put yourself out there, connect with people, send them these messages. But how do you do it in a way that's, I guess, natural and not Like, oh, you're just trying to get something for that person.
1: Oh man. Well, I think number one, don't pitch them in the first thing. And I'm looking at my phone because I'm going to see if I can find the very first message I sent him to Ness Julius whenever I didn't know him or anything. And yeah. So what I did is I actually took a video of him, of noble playing his music in the car ride home, Mm. and I, I don't know if you're going to be doing audio. But I, I actually posted in the story and I tagged him yeah. and he he responded back and said, I appreciate you. So I showed hmm. love and I, I opened up my audience and gave him right. a platform and introduced him to potentially, you know, a thousand people, two, two thousand people. And then I just said, you know, much love. And then I said that, you know, Noble put me onto your music. And he's like, hey, that's dope. And then from there, I just started asking questions. I was like, you're from Bakersfield, correct? And I knew the answer. But right. sometimes you have to ask those questions that you already know yeah. to show that you're interested. And then from there, I just you know made the introduction and, and mm-hmm. had him come over. And you know that the relationship was built from there. Right. I mean, it's like, you don't want to come across as a salesperson on the first approach.
0: Right, for sure. I'd like to dig deeper a bit with this too, because one thing you told me before this podcast started is that one struggle you've also had is, keeping and growing new connections. Like it's easy to connect with someone but not continue to grow that relationship in the right mm-hmm. direction. And it's easy to lose contact. So I'm wondering if you could talk more about that perspective as well.
1: Well yeah I mean I can think of a of a lot of people that I've had a message with like I've you know maybe did an introductory call with a connection call and I forget that they exist.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And then two years later they they swipe up on one of my stories and I'm like wow I I not only unfollowed you, but I forgot that you existed until you responded to one of my stories. You had this conversation. It's not that I don't care about you. It's just, I have a thousand other people that I'm talking to or a dozen other clients. Like I have things that I'm doing and other people that I'm meeting and it works both ways. But at the same time, you have to realize that in order for a relationship to grow from a stranger to an acquaintance, to a friend, to a best friend, you Mm -hmm. have to build it. And that goes back Mm -hmm. to what we were talking about earlier and finding those common grounds, because it's like a plant, right? And I have I have a bonsai tree back there, which I, I wanted a bonsai tree ever since I watched Karate Kid when I was yeah. like twelve. And yeah. I'm like, now I have one, like cool. But the thing is, if I don't water the tree, if I don't give it the sunlight that it needs, if I don't take care and you know cut off the dead limbs. It's going to die it's not going to be able to to continue Mm -hmm. thriving and that's kind of how a relationship is if you don't continue watering that relationship and giving it those aspects of like even sending a a new year's message or a Mm -hmm. merry christmas text or something like that or checking up with them or another thing is a a great exercise is a gratitude exercise Mm. send three people every day a text that says hey i'm grateful for you and that right there shows that you're still thinking of that person and that that is going to put you in their sphere in Mm -hmm. their kind of, you know, level of sight and allow you guys to continue building up that relationship actively.
0: Right. Now it's interesting. You mentioned that because I did exactly what you just mentioned. There's quite a lot of people that I haven't interacted for like two or three years, but that I still remember and still had a good rapport built up with them that I wish them Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's and just wanted to check what they're doing with their life right now. Cause it's like, it it might be a bit awkward to like not talk to them for so long, but I think it doesn't take too much to rekindle that relationship as well. And then you just keep talking as if it was yesterday. (laughs) So, mm, no, that's fantastic. Because I know something that's central for you as well. You have this quote of, at the center of all achievement is personal growth. Mm. So considering that it's now 2022, I'm curious to hear what your plans or focus will be in terms of your personal growth this upcoming year. Mm
1: Well, it's, this year, it's honestly just understanding the areas of weakness that I have. Mm. You know, one would be getting into the gym and working out, right? I mean, working out and going to the gym is personal growth. You're actually tearing your body down and rebuilding it. Right. Um, actively reading. You know, I'm, I'm currently reading Dan Bilzerian's book right now, and I'm going to be finished with that in the next couple of days, and I don't condone his lifestyle, but at the same time, I understood that he had something about fame and influence and in social media and celebrity that I could learn from, especially being... In the PR world. And so I, I wanna read mm-hmm. 24 books this year. You know, I just placed an order for a couple of new ones earlier today. And you know, really having more relationships. And I'm not somebody who this is actually ironic, but I don't have any physical mentors I know. I don't, mm. I don't have any mentor that I'm actually like talking to actively, but mm-hmm. back in my network marketing days, I had, you know, some mentors that I looked up to more, but all of my mentors are online. I, you know, I don't have any that I've met that I've actually like in their hands with and had conversations with, right. but by learning and, you know, being a student of YouTube university and reading a book, you can get all of this different information and save time. So mm-hmm. I, I've recently developed an interest on personal or not personal development, but real estate. And so, what I did is, I mm-hmm. found some guys on YouTube that are credible, that have done millions and millions of dollars and own a lot of real estate. And just yesterday, like I learned more in that 45 minute section of watching three different videos than I probably would have learned going mm-hmm. to college for an entire year. And right. I was able to understand the real world application of it. And it was broken down in an elementary way to where even an elementary schooler could understand it. But mm-hmm. that right there is understanding hey, I need to grow in this area. Let me seek out that information. And if you don't seek it out, how do you expect to find it?
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. Cause I know another thing that comes with personal branding too, and that you've touched on is like, who do you associate with? Um, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Who do you associate with? Who are the people that you hang around? So I'm curious, then it's like f- for you, how do you, how do you know that these are the people that you want to spend more time cultivating relationships with?
1: Man, fantastic point. And you know, going back to how do you keep a relationship being built? Like, how do you Mm -hmm. grow it? You don't have to grow every relationship. Every Mm -hmm. single person you talk to, you don't have to actively build. Sometimes those people are going to support you and you're not going to support them. And that's just the the truth of the matter. You might be going in a different direction and they might Mm -hmm. be doing the same thing they've been doing and seeing you thrive. And they might be happy with that. They might even hate you for what you're doing, but that's not your concern. Your concern is. What I'm doing right now with my own business, my own brand, my own career, whatever you're pursuing, right. and then having those relationships with the right people, looking mm-hmm. at what they do behind the scenes. You know, would you be okay leaving them in the same room as your significant other? Would you be okay, you know, going out into the middle of the woods and you know taking a hike with them? And yeah. I, I I know that's kind of a strange example, but I have a best friend Kevin that I haven't seen in over a year, right. and I'm going back home to Jacksonville later this month and I'm going to go hang out with him, and in a year, I'm still gonna feel like we just left off. Mm -hmm. And I think really understanding how somebody behaves is essential because I've had those people in my life that I thought were friends, that I Mm -hmm. thought because they were entrepreneurial, they were people that I wanted around me, but our visions didn't line up. And if you can't see yourself having them in the same room as you five years from now, and you're just trying to convince yourself that they'll be there next to you, you probably shouldn't be actively building up that relationship. Focus on the people right. that are serious about what they have going on. And I mean, if you wanna make it your goal to party and screw around, find people that party and screw around, but that's not where I'm going and that's not mm-hmm. where you should be going either.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, cause I'd like to segue this to explore like more of you as an entrepreneur as well. Cause I know you have this history of trying different mm-hmm. industries and careers. And so I'm curious what connections or like collaboration has looked like for you as an entrepreneur.
1: It's really all been unexpected Mm -hmm. and it's come and a lot of these connections have been birthed from chaos and not even knowing what quite what I was getting myself into, but just putting myself out there to begin with. And, you know, I I can think about building out my Twitter audience, right? And it was the early days where. I was just connecting with everybody and I'm actually going to be getting back into that that mode of like really actively growing and marketing myself Um, because you go through periods to where it's like you're, you're building up the brand, you're not really marketing too much and now I'm like I need to start getting the numbers higher. I need to start connecting with more people, getting that viral aspect. But I connected with some people and I made a tweet and this was the first time I ever went out of Bakersfield before Mashman Ventures, before all of this. And I remember sending out a tweet and saying, Hey, I'm in, I'm in, you know, California or whatnot. And somebody messaged me and we were friends for like two years. And I cut myself off from the entire friend group, but. At the time it was essential that I made that connection because I needed a place to stay. I needed to connect with people Mm -hmm. out there. And it led up to my second and third flight out to Bakersfield. And he's like, Hey, I'm in Baker. What what part of California? I'm like Bakersfield. He's like, no way. Because Bakersfield, if you've ever been there, isn't a great place. It's not like 10 out of 10. It's not like LA. And even Mm -hmm. then LA is not 10 out of 10, but we ended up meeting. We had coffee, and then he introduced me to his friend group, and from there now, I'm planted and I have connections. I have a, I have a, a seed in in California, and then from there, I had all these different relationships, including Noble, who was in that friend group, mm-hmm. and Noble is a friend today. Fast forward three, four years, right. and that right there is a perfect example of putting yourself out there and putting yourself and creating these situations that open yourself up for future opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I, there's so many parallels because m- my key word for 2022 is patience. And mm. the analogy I've been using as well is planting seeds because you have to be patient. Sometimes it looks like nothing is sprouting out of the ground, but you can't see that all those roots are still slowly growing until yeah. it pops out. And then, you, yeah, like planting all these seeds wherever you go and then cultivating it patiently
1: it sounds cheesy but but yeah. it's true you know it's one of those cliches it's like yeah. all right seriously use that again but then if you look down at the deeper meaning it's like it, it tr- is legitimate like what you should be following and living by
0: yeah i know you have a sort of different take with this term of patience to use aggressive patience yeah. so i wonder if you could tell listeners about what that means <laughs>
1: Well, you know, there's this buzzword of patience going back yeah. to authenticity and patience is an excuse for you to procrastinate in my opinion. Mm. And so I adopt aggressive patience saying that, Hey, I understand it's going to take time, but I'm going to do everything in my power to hit, at, hit at it and like grow the goal closer, like get there quicker, save time. That's a big reason why I'm, I'm so big on personal development because I'm able to cut timeframes and learn decades worth of, of different things in a matter of a year, in a matter of six months. And so going back to the analogy of growing a plant, you can do things to speed up that growth process. Mm. What soil are you planting it in? Are you planting it in sand? Or are you planting it in something that's rich? And then from there, are you watering the plant? And then, yeah, it could take six months to sprout. Or you could add fertilizer sticks that make it grow even faster. That would be an example of aggressive patience. What can I do to speed up this process? Hmm. And it's not that you're trying to rush that you're impatient. It's very simply you have this goal, you have this vision. So why not get there as quick as possible? Like that's really what I try to live by because I don't want to be 40 years old and I just now hit success with my business. I want to be mm-hmm. 25 doing what I want to do or 30 doing what I want to do. I don't see the whole appeal of play it slow, live like live fulfilled. You can live fulfilled while also rushing in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. No, thank you for, for expanding on that analogy because it gets my wheels turning now too. Mm-hmm. Of how I can be aggressively patient. <laughs> I'm curious, then so what does you you brought up this word of success, and you want you want if there's ways to t- attain the success faster. What does success, your vision of success, look like?
1: For me, it is going to boil down to living up to my potential. You know, what is my why? That's a question that hmm. is asked a lot. And I came down to the realization: my why is why not? Like, why wouldn't I do this? And it's kind of it's counterintuitive. I know, yeah. I know. You're, you're kind of like, huh. But at the end of the day, it's like you have one life to live. I right. want to live up to my potential. And why are you doing that? Well, why not? Why wouldn't I want to? Yeah. And that's going to come down to me being able to do what I want whenever I want to do it. Taking a private flight, having not having the nicest views, you know, eating the nicest food, being in the best shape possible, being the mm-hmm. happiest possible, educating myself, you know, being able to speak multiple languages, like that sort of thing boils down to living up to your potential. And I think that by living up to your potential as an individual, as a man, as a a person you are now going to be able to help the people around you just naturally because of the frequency you'll be in because of the energy that you'll be vibrating you know off like that energy is contagious and that is going to rub off on another person and um Hmm. that's why i think that you know focusing on yourself there's nothing wrong with that not in the least Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i'm gonna follow this thread further as well because in your book, you had provided a few examples of how in the old world and contemporary world, there's lots of these examples of people with very strong personal brands that have led these different followings. And I've essentially, they're still remembered. They still have a legacy. So I'm curious, what is, what will be your legacy or how you want people to remember you?
1: I want to think about legacy. I used to, I actually yeah. went as far and, and Eric was in this Facebook group. I did a Facebook group called Team Legacy. And looking back, I'm like, I think I want to puke. Like, (laughs) Like, like, Uh but what I what I will say is, legacy is something that if you focus on while you're alive you're detracting and taking away from the time that you have today to do something that you want to do i think that's that your funny. legacy is going to be decided after you're dead it's mm-hmm. not something that's going to be decided when you're alive now i think a good indicator of that would be how many people show up to your funeral but why would i care about how many people show up to my funeral i'm going to be dead you know yeah. and so <laughs> right I, you know that's not really the answer you were looking for but just being known as isaac mashman someone who did something that never been done before somebody who broke generational curses i think that if i had to focus on something that would be it you know, mm. the generational curses that I broke, you know, mm. the the things that I did different compared to my parents and my ancestors, you know, being the person to where it's like, you don't know about Andrew Carnegie's father. You don't know about John D. Rockefeller's father. You know about mm. Andrew Carnegie and John D. Rockefeller, right. the people prior to them who had the curses, who came over and were broke. You don't know the first thing, but you right. know about the son, you know about the grandson, you know about the great grandson. And that's mm. a good way of looking at it.
0: Interesting. So I, I know I, I've done some research <laughs> beforehand so I already know the answer to this. but could you share with listeners like what your sort of upbringing was like in terms of you you mentioned this term of generational curses and mm-hmm. where your parents are from if you could just share with listeners about that aspect of your life?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know obviously our, our relationship kind of extends deeper than you know somebody who I just met for the first time and you're extremely thorough. And I could tell you studied this like the book, like down to a, a t which is what i wanted people to do which I'm, mm. I'm really grateful that you're giving me an opportunity to kind of expand on some of the topics that i talked about my upbringing wasn't the worst in the world mm. it wasn't like i was born in the projects or something like that but it wasn't the greatest in the world and as a kid i always knew that i was kind of in that lack of limitation i just didn't quite know how or what it was to be anywhere different And single-parent home, I mean, I never met my biological father to this day. He actually fled the country about a year and a half or two years after I was born, after losing me in the custody battle as I was a baby. I don't remember any of this, but he fled Mm -hmm. to Brazil. I have a Mm -hmm. half-brother in Brazil I've never met. And I probably mm-hmm. never will meet. But growing up, my, my mom, brilliant lady, degree in education. Um, but she settled for fast food jobs. She settled for, you know, later on grocery store. And, you know, she went back working full time, later remarried to to my stepfather. And uh, she went to school full time too and got her master's in business. But she never really applied that. And I love her to mm-hmm. death. But when you have something and you don't apply it and you don't use it, it's useless. It's mm-hmm. the same thing as, you know, not... No, like learning the language and never using that language in conversation or practicing it, you're going to forget right. it. Yep. It's not going to be useful to you. And that was a lot of my childhood. You know, my grandfather was a carpenter. I remember waking up with my grandmother before school because my mom would come home late and my grandmother would take care of me and drop me off at school. But we would drop my grandfather off, mm-hmm. off five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, go to the cabinet shop. Grandmother would drop me to school after school, pick me up, we'd go get my grandfather, right? And he would have a lunchbox in hand and he'd be coming home from the cabinet shop, probably smelling sweaty. But that was kind of my, my early upbringing. And then I was an exceptional student. But again, my senior year of high school, I was like, what, what the, what's the point of this? My mom has a degree. She hasn't put it to use. And in, a, in an act of rebellion and spite, because I was going through stuff at home, I said, I might want to go to college. And, um, looking back, I did some very ballsy things my senior year and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I'm actually looking to do some more of those things. So, yeah, man, and here I am fast forward three years, four years and, uh, published a book and got some things going on.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mentioned to you, this to you before, but again, I'm very impressed <laughs> with how much you've been able to accomplish. Um, cause I think you're just a year younger than me. So it's like just hearing that you've, you've done all these things. So I just wanted to like, recognize pre- that,
1: that I look up to you've done a, a you know, speech at TEDx, like twice, yeah. I think not, not by your choice, maybe, but you've done that <laughs> twice and I look up to you for that. Right. And So, I mean, don't, don't shortcut yourself either, man. I think what you've done is awesome.
0: Yes, for sure. I mean, my perspective on life and relationships with people is like, I like to see everyone as equals. We're all different, but we are equal. It's not that I'm better than or lesser than another person, because that just creates more barriers to connecting with someone just on a human to human level. So, no, fantastic. So I'm curious then. So we've chatted a lot about your book and your personal branding and you mentioned your podcast as well. So for listeners that want to get in touch with you or learn more about Mashman Ventures, where would you want to direct them?
1: yeah thank you for that opportunity richard and for being able to kind of get into an in-depth conversation about you know my book personal branding manifesto and fame and influence you can find me literally everywhere at isaac mashman i-s-a-a-c-m-a-s-h-m-a-n like mashed potatoes like mash man you can find me everywhere twitter instagram facebook linkedin go to my website isaacmashman.com and if you you know have an interest in personal branding feel free to reach out love to hook you up
0: awesome and one question that i'd like to ask all my guests at the end of the episodes too is if you have a final message or takeaway that you want listeners to carry forward with them,
1: Yeah, well, I think you spoiled what I was actually probably going to say at the end. And that's at at the at the center of all achievement is personal growth. That's something that I always leave off on because, you know, if you if you need help with sales, seek out sales advice, seek out Mm -hmm. sales experience, read a sales book. You need help with personal branding. Well, read personal branding and manifesto on fame and influence or reach out to Mashman Ventures or, or find somebody who can teach you about personal branding. Need help in business or you have an interest in real estate find somebody that you can learn from Uh, and that's how you save time that's how you get to your vision quicker i have the podcast named chase the vision for a reason because you are actively pursuing something and that's what i would leave off with
0: awesome it also reminds me there's this book i read last year too that's been quite influential in my life it's called who not how the central premise of the book is often we ask ourselves how questions like how can i build a website or how do i start a podcast or all these things which are doable like i can spend time watching youtube tutorials and reading articles to figure it out how to do it or as the author author suggests like you can ask who can help you with this who would know Mm. this already because that that helps accelerate things and allows you to accomplish these things much more efficiently and you build a relationship out of it like that the person whomever your mentor up here is helping you with that 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 relationship is built as well so that's just the book it reminds me of of this who not how
1: approach you know i love that i love that actually
0: yeah awesome well it was such a pleasure having you on the podcast isaac sharing all your insights and i'm so excited to see what's next for you this year you're going to accomplish a lot
1: (laughs) thank you my friend and grateful to be here thank you
0: thanks so much for listening to the podcast remember to check out the show notes of the episode where you can find a link to my website excuses to connect.com there you can find out the other initiatives that i'm working on the intro and outro music were written by megan rennie you can check out her instagram and soundcloud in the show notes there are also links to leave a voice message, as I'd love to hear from listeners. You can leave a comment or ask a question that might be featured in a future episode. Lastly, there's a link to Buy Me a Coffee. This is a website that supports content creators, where you can donate some money on a one-time or monthly basis. If you love what I'm doing and want to support, you can buy me metaphorical Coffee. Finding excuses to connect is what I love to do, what I'm good at, and what I think the world needs more of. Consider sharing this podcast with anyone who might benefit from it. I hope you have a wonderful day and make some new connections. After all, you never know how any connection can transform your life.